0: All right. So we will have our regular services on December 3rd on Sunday. So we'll still have both of those services, but just not Saturday night because we'll be at the parade. I want to direct your attention to these little cards on uh, your seat here. And uh, what these are are a chance to give someone a chance. So if you hand someone, uh, this is an invitation to our four services. Uh, Christmas Eve is on a Sunday uh, this year, so we're going to have four instead of three, and we'll start at 11 in the morning. So 11, 2, 4, and 6, nothing that Saturday night as well. And I want to encourage you to give this to one other person because I will present the gospel. I will give people an opportunity to come and give their lives to Jesus. So every person that you hand this to, you are giving them a chance to come to know jesus so i want to encourage you to just pass some chast- chances out there uh, we have more and more at the communion tables you you can take as many as you want um, my one request is whatever you take you give away so that's the only rule other than that take what you want and uh, give some people a chance here so we've got our kids in with us uh this uh, weekend and i actually need i need some help we're going to start off with a little game so i need three kids raise your hand if you want to come up here you right there you come on up so there's another one, one more, right back there with their hand, I said right there with the pony, yeah, come on up here real quick. All right, we're going to see how well you know uh, the staff and the pastors here, okay? So we're going to play a game called, uh, you guys can come right over here, uh, a game called uh, true, Two Truths and a Lie. Have you ever played that before? Okay, so how it works is uh, I'm going to put up on the screen here three things, and one of, two of them are true, and one's not true, okay? And what you have to do is you have to figure out which one's not true. Okay, okay, what's your name? Chloe. Chloe, okay. All right, so let's bring up the first one. So we'll look behind us here. And so this is about me. Okay, so one of these things is not true. Two of them are. So I have hiked to the top of the highest mountain in Africa. I have knocked out the same front tooth two different times. I have jumped out of two different airplanes. So which one do you think is not true? The middle one. The middle one, I've knocked out the same front tooth two different times. Can I show you something that's kind of gross? Yeah, sorry. Sorry you had to see that. So um, that's uh, I, it's actually the first one. I've never hiked in Africa. So I've got some candy, but actually that's not the candy I have for you. I've, I, if we're going to do it, let's do it right here. So i got a candy bar for you right there. And so you can just eat this during church. It's fine. Your parents don't care. So that's good. Okay. You can go back right now. So we'll thank you so much. All right. Let's, uh, let's bring the next one up. So what's your name? Annalise. Annalise okay. So this is about our uh, youth pastor here. Uh, I was a theater kid in high school. Uh, I'm undefeated against Carl at Boggle. That has to be the lie, don't you think? I would think so. My first vehicle was a VW Slug Bug. Which one do you think is not true? The one. Oh, thank you, but no, that's true. I've never beat Sarah at Boggle. She's good at it. Uh, it's actually the last one. Her first vehicle was a VW uh, Slug Bug. That's not true. She had, a, I think, a red truck was her first car. But um, you get a consolation prize. So let's uh, let's go ahead and grab that. And thank you so much. All right, one more. So what's your name? Piper. Say again? Piper. Piper, okay, Piper. And this is about our uh, children's pastor, Cassie, here. So her natural hair color is blonde. She had a dog who was part wolf and was killed by a mountain lion. Sheesh. And her favorite food is bananas. What do you think? In the middle one. Uh, that actually, that really happened. So, her, yeah, her dog was killed by a mountain lion, but she hates bananas. So let me get you your prize here. All right. So, have at it. Just go ahead and eat this right now. Finish it off. Thanks so much. So uh, we see how well you know us. And uh, one of the questions that we're talking about today, boy, I sure have loved this series, Jesus asked, uh, we're coming to the end of uh, this series this weekend, uh, but these powerful questions and an important question, um, Jesus asked his apostles, was like, how well do you know me? And the way that he said it was, who do you say I am? Now, that's such an important question. Because it directs the way that you think and the way that you feel and the way that you act. I mean, it really, it directs your whole life. It's a massive question. And now think about the way that we would answer that. You know, who is Jesus? Who do you say Jesus is? Now think about this. Like if you would say, Jesus is my bestie, right? I mean, that's one way. You would treat your bestie one, one way. Or if you said, well, uh, that person is my frenemy. Now you, you would treat that person a completely different way, right? but what if you say Jesus is my Lord? See, the way that you answer that question, it has a huge impact on how you live. And so we're going to look at where Jesus asked that question of his apostles. So if you have your Bible, open it up to Matthew 16, and we'll start with verse 13. And it says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? So this is just like people in general, what do they say about me? And we see some wrong answers here. They say, some say John the Baptist. And now John the Baptist had been executed by Herod here. And so there's people who believe that Jesus, that John the Baptist came back as Jesus. Well, that doesn't happen. I mean, once we die, we go before God. We, we go to heaven, to his throne. We don't come back again. So we know that that's not the right answer. Others say Elijah. And by Elijah, they meant the prophet who was supposed to come before Jesus. And that's actually what John the Baptist did. And then still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So they're saying, you know, you're like a good, a good guy, a good prophet, a smart guy. And Jesus is so much more than that. So Jesus keeps asking. He says, well, what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, he gets it right. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. So this powerful answer, you are the Christ, the, the Messiah, is actually the most important question you can answer because the way that you answer, who do you say Jesus is, decides whether or not you are saved. It decides whether or not you have a relationship with God for the rest of eternity. And it also decides how you are going to live the rest of your life until you go to heaven. And it's so important that everyone, at one time in their life, they must, everyone should have to wrestle with this question. I mean, everyone, whether you're an atheist or a Buddhist or wherever you come from, we really all need to come to terms with who do you say Jesus is? And so kids, I want to I challenge you today that if you have someone uh, that you don't know who's answered that question, go answer, go tell them, you know what, my pastor said this is the most important question a person can answer. Who do you say Jesus is? Grandma, who do you say Jesus is? And grandma will probably say, your pastor said that, huh? What's wrong with that pastor, right? Or maybe she'll say something like, well, you know, I'm not religious. No, that's not the question. Then ask if you're religious. The question is, who do you say Jesus is? You have to deal with this because you know that no answer is actually an answer. Kids, have you ever, have your parents ever said, will you unload the dishwasher and you pretended that you didn't hear them? Right? That's an answer, actually. Your non-answer is an answer. And what you are telling them is, I will not until you make me. You're saying no by not answering. And see, that's what a lot of people have done with Jesus is, who do you say Jesus is? And they've just kind of pretended not to hear the question, which you have to understand if you don't answer and deal with the question, you're answering no. Now, people might get it wrong. In fact, 25%, one out of every four Americans says that Jesus is just a good teacher, right? So that's, he was so much more than a good teacher, one out of every 10 Americans say that Jesus never even existed. He wasn't a real person, which I don't, I don't even understand how you can do that. You would have to be absolutely blind to historical truth and historical facts. I mean, there are so many extra biblical accounts. Uh, Josephus, for example, a Jewish historian who talks about Jesus living in that time. People outside of the Bible pointing to it. I, I don't know how a person can find, possibly get there, but some do. But Peter gets it right. He says, you're not just a good teacher. You are the Christ, the Son of God. Now, Christ is Greek for anointed one. It's it's how a Greek person would say Messiah, the Savior who's come to rescue us. And then this powerful uh, words afterwards, the Son of God, the Son, the creator, the one who came for us from heaven. I mean, he got it Right? Now, the answer begins with this. Okay, now, kids, I want everybody to say immutable. Immutable. It comes with this immutable qualities. So what immutable means is that it never changes, that it's always true no matter what you think, no matter what you say. So, for example, kids, you could tell your parents right now, you could say, ice cream is my immutable Right. No matter what you say, I should always have ice cream. Yeah, you may be wrong, but that's one way you could use that, right? Now, so I need some help. I need some more kids. Uh, Can I have just a, yeah, way back there, just a few. There's another one. Come on up here. I've just got a couple questions. One more. Come on up. All right, so I've got a question for you. Now, we're going to talk about immutable, something that is always true. And what I'm going to ask you is um, what is something that you know about Jesus? Something that you know about Jesus, okay? So we'll start with you. What's your name? Connor. Connor. So Connor, what is something you know about Jesus? That he sacrificed himself for us. Hold on, Connor. I'm messing up with the mic here. Okay, let's try it again. So it's Connor, and Connor would say it was a good answer. Do it again. Um, He sacrificed himself for us. Yeah, awesome. So did Jesus sacrifice himself for us? Sorry, I'm out of the big candy bars, but you can take... One of those right there. Take two, just because it's kind of a bummer. There you go. All right. Okay. What's your name? Charlotte. Can you tell me something that you know about Jesus? He died on the cross for hey, He died on the cross for you. Yeah, that's really good. Good job. You want a couple of those? You can take one more. All right. And what's your name? Austin. 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 What's something you know about Jesus? You're trying to take the mic from me, buddy. <laughs> Ready, you're ready. you ready to preach, huh? Um, he's the true living God. The, oh my gosh! The true, the, absolutely. you were at, You take three pieces of candy. There. Good job. Yeah. So all of those things. Didn't they do good? Those are good answers. So all of those things, no matter what anybody says about Jesus, are true, right? And I want to just say, parents, good job. And uh, children's ministry, good job teaching our kids. They know who Jesus is. They know about his immutable qualities. These things that are always true. See, and people would say, well, but my God, you ever heard this? Well, my God would never exclude or refuse someone just because they don't believe in him. My God would never do that. And I would say, you are exactly right. That's your own little made-up God that you created. And since you created that God, and that God has to conform with the way that you think and the way that you believe, it will behave just as you direct it because it's your own little God. But the real, actual God, The real God says that whoever believes in me will not perish but have everlasting life. The real, actual God says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. And here's the thing. If there are some things about God that you don't understand, or maybe even some things that you don't like, I think that's actually a cause to be relieved and say, ah, that makes sense. Because we have a perfect, holy God who is so far above us, and here we are. Below, with sin, broken, skewed in our thinking. And for us to be offended by his holiness, it only makes sense because his holiness is so far beyond us. If you could understand everything about God, if you're like, yeah, I got him now. I know exactly what he's like. I know exactly who he is. I've got it all handled. I would suggest to you, you probably aren't serving or understanding and worshiping the real God. I mean, think about the, how vast he is and how just far above us he is. And so there are things about him that are going to offend the sin in us, that are going to be beyond, be beyond what we could think. So another one, was people would say, well, I, I can never believe in a God who allows such suffering, right? That's a big one. Okay, but, but then I would say, well, then can you believe in, could you then believe in a God who makes everyone a little robot, who has no free will, who has no ability to choose? Because suffering comes from choice. See, suffering comes from sin, original sin. I mean, suffering entered the world when we sin. And then we continue to cause some of our own, not all of our suffering. I mean, not all suffering comes from our own choices. It comes from a broken world. But then we even cause each other to suffer. We cause ourselves to suffer, don't we? And so if you're going to say, well, I can never believe in a God who would allow such suffering. But, well, then you have to believe in a God who doesn't allow you to choose. See, well, you don't get to define God. You don't get to create him. You know, it's like if I said, well, I could never believe in a wife who expects me to change diapers, but yet here I am 30 years into a marriage with a woman who expected me to change diapers for all of our kids, right? It doesn't matter. I mean, that is who she is. It doesn't matter what you want to believe about God. It doesn't matter what, uh, what offends you or not. God has immutable qualities, unchanging things that he defines and Peter got it right. See, well, we don't build our God around who we want him to be. We build our lives around who he is. And Peter says he is the Christ, the son of God, fully man, fully God, the only way to the father, the only way to deal with our sins. And what God says about Jesus in this book is immutable. It is always true. It is unchanging, whether we like it or not. So then there's another important question. So we understand, this is the truth. Whether what you think or what, what you feel lines up with it or not. But knowing that, another important question then is okay, this is true about him, now who is Jesus to you? Who do you know him to be? Now who he is actually doesn't change, but it has a big, that answer to that question has a profound impact on how you experience him and what you see him do. For example, some people think that he's mad about everything, right? And if that's what you think, you're like, yep, yeah, he's mad again. Yeah, he's mad about that, right? Some people think that he's not bothered by anything, like anything goes, right? Neither of those things are true. Here, let me, um, let me give you an example here. So I need a few more kids to help me. So yeah, if you come on up here. Actually, I just need kids who would say that they want to go to Disneyland, Okay come on up right there you want to go to Disneyland maybe one more over here way in the back there with your hand in the hat all right well hey what happened I'm glad you guys are here all right so all of you guys want to go to Disneyland right okay so um, I want you to tell us your name and then tell me like one thing what's special about Disneyland okay why do you want to go? All right. So, what's your name? kenley Kinley. Okay. And what's 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 neat about Disneyland? You it's good? Is good. All right. So, you could just grab some candy. Uh, go ahead and grab what, a couple of those, and you could head on back. So, what's what's your name? Joshua. Joshua. Okay. Joshua. What what's good about Disneyland? They have a lot of rides. Well, a lot of rides. Yep. Okay. That's good. Go ahead and take a couple. What's your name? Quinn. Quinn. Okay. And what's cool about Disneyland? Cool what? Cool Legos. Legos. Okay. That sounds good. We'll take it. All right. What's your name? Um, okay. And what's cool about Disneyland? Um, Rides. Rides. Yeah. They're the best, aren't they? All right. Grab some candy and head out. L- what's your name? Lydia. Okay. What, what's cool about Disneyland? The rides. Rides. So good. What's your name? I'm God. Okay. And what do you think is cool about Disneyland? Um, The rides, yeah. Well, what else, right? Or maybe the princesses, some people like that too. But let me tell you how an old bald man feels about Disneyland. Okay, so this is what Disneyland is for a grumpy old bald man. Disneyland, for my family, for the six of us, is $900, okay? And so I've done the research on this. This is is the way I think, I'm sorry. But um, on average, a person, when they go to Disneyland, they ride nine rides. So after every ride, I sit there and I say, was that worth a hundred bucks? And then uh, on average, you spend 36 minutes in line for every line that you're in. Now for my family, I did the math. If I'm there for 12 hours, it costs me $1.25 a minute. So that means I'm spending $45 to have my kids complain and sweat and be frustrated and just wait in line. Now that's how I look at Disneyland. Now who do you think is going to have more fun at Disneyland grumpy old man or those kids who are looking for right the kids they're gonna have so much more fun a kid who says oh it's the most magical place on earth or a grumpy man who says it's the biggest ripoff on the west coast (laughs) who's gonna have a better time right so what does that tell you the first thing it tells you kids is you don't ever want to go to disneyland with me i'll ruin it the second one is how sad Like, if you're going to go, if you're going to do it, just enjoy it, right? How sad to spend a day at Disneyland like that. And see, it's a little bit, that's just kind of, just a little bit like it is with Jesus. See, if you know, in your heart and in your mind, if you know that Jesus is loving, and he's protecting you, and he's watching out for you, and he's mindful of you, and he's compassionate, and he's good, and he's caring. I mean, all these things that scripture tells us about who he is. If you know that, then when he cares for you and he helps you and he's good for you, you know what you say? Thank you, Jesus. I see you, Lord. I see your hand again. See, but if you think that Jesus is distant or he's uncaring or he's uninvolved or he's just kind of up there or he's mad at me or he's disappointed, then you will, listen, we will have hard times. Jesus said, you're gonna have trouble on this earth. And when that trouble comes, what are you gonna say? See, there he is again, ignoring me, right? Now, was he ignoring you? No, absolutely not. Jesus is doing all those good things. Jesus is present. Jesus is pursuing you and reaching out for you and caring for you and providing for you. But if you don't know that, if you don't believe it, it happens and you just miss it. So it's so important for you to think about who is Jesus to you? Do you know him to be the one he says he is in the scripture? So important. Who do you say I am? And I want to ask you right now, adults, kids, who do you say Jesus is? Who is Jesus to you personally? You know, is he someone who's just kind of watching over you from a distance? Or is he a close, personal friend? I mean, do you see how that would change your life? Because if he's just kind of up there, just kind of watching you, then then you know what you think? You think, well, what is the least I have to do to just kind of stay out of trouble with him? But if he is a close personal friend, then you're thinking, boy, what's the most I can be for him? How can I give him my everything? See, it's the difference between saying, well, I hope I don't get caught. You know, I, I just hope I don't get caught doing something wrong. And versus, how can I be a blessing? How can I express his goodness to other people? I saw a shirt that said, uh, Jesus is my homeboy. Okay, so is Jesus your homeboy or is he the almighty creator? Now, if he is your homeboy, then well, you go watch Netflix with him, right? We'll just go, let's go watch some TV, Jesus. If he is the almighty creator, then you are going to worship him with all your might. You're going to give him the reverence that's due his name. You're going to submit and bow your life before him. Some people, they look at Jesus as he's like, well, he's the nice one of the Trinity, right? Which is, the scripture says, no, actually, he is the perfect representation of who the Father is. If you have seen Jesus and you understand Jesus, then you understand the Father. If you see the goodness, the compassion, the grace, the kindness, the love of Jesus, then you know the goodness, compassion, the grace, and the love of the Father. So Peter gets it. And I want to show you what happens here. You know, for, you know, who is Jesus to you? To me, Jesus is my king. He's my passion. He's my answer. He's my healer. He's my helper. He's my savior. He is the great reason of my life. He is the great pursuit of my life. Peter gets it. And then let's see what happens when he gets it. So we'll just pick up where we left off in verse... 18 so jesus says blessed are you son of simon son of jonah you got it and he says and i tell you that you are peter and on this rock i will build my church and the gates of hell or hades will not overcome it i will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven now did you see what happens it's so cool That's interesting because Peter tells Jesus who he is, and then Jesus tells Peter who he is. You are the Christ. And Jesus says, yes, and you are the rock. And you know what that tells me? It tells me that an accurate biblical understanding, really knowing who Jesus is, for who Jesus is, to understand that actually unleashes your call. To really understand who Christ is unleashes power in your life that you couldn't otherwise have. To truly understand the character and the heart of Jesus brings an authority to your ministry and a power to your ministry that you couldn't have otherwise. See, if you have it wrong, if you don't quite understand who he is, then your call is just going to be a little bit off. And your authority is going to be just a little lacking. And your power is just going to be a little bit short. Because it all flows out of who Jesus is and our connection with him. If you really know me, then I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. Isn't that amazing? See, it's like this. I can trust you. Here, here's the keys to the car. Because you know who I am and you're going to represent me well. So I'm going to give you influence. I'm going to give you power. I I, I know that you're my child and I can trust you with this. So here, because we understand, you understand who I am. And if you don't know me, how can I trust you to minister my heart? If you don't know who I am, how, how can I give you authority and power to share my compassion to other people? And to understand Jesus unlocks your identity, heals the broken identity. To understand Jesus breaks the chain of lies that so many of us hold on to. And truly understanding who Jesus is actually unlocks the calling in your life. You need to see him for who he says he is, regardless of what you like or what you don't like. And when you do that, you understand how incredibly valuable you are. When you understand the lengths that he went to for you, it changes your whole point of view. Now, on your uh, way out uh, today, we're going to give everybody, uh, every family, there's uh, these little Advent calendars. And I just want to encourage you, uh, uh, Sarah and the team have worked hard to put those together. And um, it's just a month's worth of connecting with Jesus. So go through those every day, and it's just a chance for your family just to look at him every day, just to get him to know him a little bit more. Now, we've told Jesus who he is then the next thing that Peter finds is let's allow Jesus to tell us who we are. So kids, I want you to do this right now. Actually, everybody, let's do this right now. Let's just pray this prayer, all right? Just pray out loud, say, Jesus, who do you say I am? Okay, now just wait. See what comes to your mind. Come, Holy Spirit. God, who do you say we are? Now maybe he said, my child, my son, my daughter, my chosen one, one in whom I delight, the one I've called, the one I see. I want to encourage you, whatever came to your mind, if it lines up with the truth of God's word, and if it's good, you can rest assured that he's talking to you, that that's who he is. I wanna show you just one last passage that tells us who Jesus is. This is Jesus and it's Colossians chapter one, verse 15. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Jesus is the firstborn over all creation. Catch this, this is powerful. For by Jesus, all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by Jesus and for Jesus. Jesus is before all things. And in Jesus, all things hold together. And Jesus is the head of the body, the church. Jesus is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything Jesus might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus, and through Jesus to reconcile to him all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. That's Jesus. Father, we thank you for who you are. Jesus, we give you glory that you are the King of kings, that you are the Lord of lords, that you are the Creator. And how humbling as we come into Christmas to know that that is the one who came to humble himself, as Austin told us, to live the life of a man to die for our sins, to be rejected by his own creation so that he could be with his creation. Oh, Jesus, we thank you for who you are. God, help us to see you clearly. Help us to understand your truth. Lord, I pray that we would walk in the grace and the peace and the life of our relationship with you. Oh, our precious Lord and King Jesus. And it's in your name we pray.